You're listening to the My Age Podcast, a podcast that brings you conversations with people from all walks of life, using music to plot a map from their early years to how they got to where they are now. Thanks for checking it out. Really appreciate it. Um, hope it was a bit easier to find this time on the iTunes app or if you're that way inclined or whatever app you use uh, if you don't run an Apple product. Episode 8. Before we get into it, I just want to say let's just give thanks to the fact winter's almost over for another year in the Southern Hemisphere anyhow. And shit's about to get awesome weather-wise with the coming of spring. Um, Cody's at the nine-month mark for anyone interested and is causing a fantastic ruckus. Uh, so, yeah, that's about that. Not, not, nothing too exciting this month to talk about. Yeah, on today's episode uh, of the My Age Podcast, we have a great friend and fantastic musician and all-around good human, Wade Kieran. Uh, you may know Wade from rock and roll bands like The Scare or Taking Sides or more recently Wolf and Cub and playing bass in the Steve Smythe band. I've known Wade for about 15 years or so. And part of what I love about doing this show is no matter how well you think you know someone, they always end up dropping a trunk of gold on me stories-wise that I had no idea existed. And look, this episode is definitely no exception. So without too much more fucking about, here it is, Wade Kieran. Cool. All right, what's going on? It's uh, Joel from the My Age Podcast. We're sitting in uh, sunny Newcastle, upstairs in the Cambridge Hotel. What's cracking? Um, with me today, long-time friend, fellow band member of uh, a rock and roll band that we like to call Taking Sides. His name is Wade Kieran. Howdy. Um, what do you do, Wade? Tell us what you do. Uh, these days, I run a recording studio in Sydney. Cool. Uh, play, still playing in bands, doing my thing. You're a multi-instrumentalist. Well, multi as in two, I guess. Yeah. You, yeah. I, I'm one of those jack of all trades, master of... Not many. Literally nothing. Yeah, cool. Okay, I feel <laughs> that. Um, so, welcome to the My, My Age podcast. Um, as we talked about previously, you've you've had a listen, so you kind of, you know, you've, you came, sure. you saw, you've heard, you know. Um, I'm about to conquer. Yes, always, <laughs> always. Um, what do you... Tell us about your parents. Tell us about <coughs> what your parents were into musically. Um, Where did it all begin? My <coughs> my parents are both massive uh, music appreciators. Cool. I grew up, like, there's always music in the house. Cool. Always vinyl. Mum and dad had a venue for a long time when I was growing okay. up. So they had, like, a music venue in East Sydney. And through that, I got to sort of... Like a bar that was a venue? Yeah, well, it started as a car park. And then it, <laughs> and then it became a, a restaurant. Okay. And then it became... A restaurant that had a bar and then it became a bar that had a venue above it see and like f- for a while it was it was back when the licensing laws were like real crazy and i really felt for them because they put everything on the line and got yeah. it through and then it started to really kick off like like through that i got to meet you know like page and plant wow played there like it was fucking like legit. this is early well mid 80s no no it was just like mid 90s when they came out for that no quarter tour together okay. the the indian yeah kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so it was, you know i was in class you know i was in primary school and i remember sitting in class and dad running in and saying like i've got to take wade there's an emergency <laughs> and i thought like you know someone's died or something and he uh you know drives me over and i played pool all afternoon with these two old guys with long hair that's so good and he's like one day you're going to fucking thank me for this. <laughs> I've got like a signed poster and everything. So. That's sick. What was the venue called? It was called the Lyric Theatre. But like before the Lyric Theatre was... Like he had the rights for the name before they moved it to... I think it's at the, like the, the casino venue. Yeah, is, is it one of them the is called Lyric, lyric Theatre. There is a yeah. Lyric now. 
but his one was the original, the Lyric Theatre. Did they buy it off him, or do they just like the name? And I think they just like the name, and they, they kind of almost came out at the same time. But as his was on the decline, okay, um, yeah, that's insane. So like, my dad was a truck driver originally, and then he like gave that up to try and do the, the venue bar business, and then yep. got the hell out of there, and he's back to on the waterfront. You know, so that's insane. That's pretty funny. So did you? You didn't know who they were, or did you? No, did no idea. Yeah, okay. And um, I probably. You know, for the first track of this thing, I probably should have picked a Pageant Plant song to go with this story. That's, but I did. It's a hell of a story. <laughs> it is. But that, you know, that's how I came to. You know, there was a drum kit there. That was like the in-house kit. Yeah. Every you know afternoon after school, I'd just run in and I could beat it up for a while. Yeah. And, and so, like, I kind of got my. I fell in love with music there. There was a jukebox that, like, a, like one of the old coin-operated ones. Yeah. And um. You know, dad could open up the thing and just punch in a bunch yeah, of credits, punch of on credits a button. in. Good. Yep. So, like, every afternoon, it was like while he's setting up the bar or prepping food or whatever, yep. I could just be playing pool for free when it was shut yeah. and listening to records on the jukebox. Like, That's red hot. Which was really cool. Yeah. Did your dad cu- curate the, the record player? Or it, was was a, it was a really good jukebox. Good. I mean, he had, he had, I mean he's got, him, mum and dad both have like great taste in music that I realize now. Yeah. At the time, I probably hated, you know, I was, you know, listening to whatever but yeah uh, um i remember that he had like some cool bar stuff that would be like if i put on like an oasis song or something yeah one of them would be like no nah, man there's fucking sellouts let's try this and he <laughs> yeah. put on like something totally cool or yeah whatever. but yeah but there's nothing wrong with oasis like let's be real like i, I fucking Richard's, hate him do you really okay <laughs> fair enough i'm a blur man okay yeah i started, right. I started with damon Albarn. I, Although the Gallagher brothers are fucking funny, whatever. They're fantastic. Oh, it's they're, yeah. yeah it's nothing fantastic. but quotables, isn't it? No, nah, it's just, yeah. Just tag after tag after tag. I've got quotables. a problem with brothers that don't get along. It's I weird. I've got, got two brothers that I love dearly yeah. and we're like best friends, so. Yeah. Fuck them. There's it. Um, I was watching that doco about, it was the, I'm sure it was like the Blur versus Oasis doco. Yeah. And. The one that's not as crazy, like the there's the roundhead one and the like long headed one, <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. roundhead one Potato goes, head. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he goes, um, the week it must have been the week Wonderwall came out. He goes, I became a millionaire four times that week, just to show like how, know. like to put it into perspective, yeah, of how big that was just in one, just the week, yeah, four times over. What's the my favorite? I mean, there's a million quotes from those guys, but my favorite one was. Noel saying about Liam, who's the singer, he said, Yeah. I love my brother, but he has two problems. Everything he fucking says and everything he fucking does. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. You, there's, no, there's no retort to that. There's no retort to that. <laughs> Idiots. That's red hot. So yeah. you grew up in Eastern Sydney? Uh, well, I grew up in like Inner West. Okay. Like uh, I went to school in Hunters Hill. Like I went to primary school in Leica. I went to high school in Hunters Hill. Yep. And then just kicked around like Glebe, Annandale area for ages. Okay. My yep. dad worked at the Annandale Hotel for a short period of time. Okay. Just before I went back to the waterfront. And um, yeah, so that area, Inner West. Sick, for yeah. Life, you know, for life. Sick. Yeah. So what will they listen to? Like, dad, yeah. dad, they were big into, um, well, Nick Cave was always around. Okay. And I, I remember just hating Nick Cave. Yeah. Like, just so dreary and depressing when yeah. you're a teenager to listen to that guy. Yeah. And now... Obviously, I really I'm, y- you're a, I'm a massive fan. Of I I think it's it's a weird one. Like I have this, it's not to compare the two, yeah. but I have this with Pearl Jam. That is similar would be a similar kind of thing to Nick Cave, where you just go, you listen An- to another m- band that played at my dad's venue. Do they really? Yeah. 
Like as a as a uh, like a it was secret a, show. It was a secret show, and they they were releasing. I think it was Yield. Yeah. Okay. That, that album Yield. They did yeah. like a press release and played there. And you know, I'm I'm probably spoiling something that you might have to cut out later. But I think <laughs> had like an affair with Dad's bartender. We'll just beep the name out. Yeah. For we'll yeah. just beep the name out <laughs> for um. So one in for five, a long time. Like he like his wife flew out to Australia to stop it. That's well, how serious it got. We'll definitely beep the name out. Yeah. Um, so like, you like when those albums were coming out, I didn't, I didn't love the band. I never loved the band to begin with, but I was like, you listen to it and go as an 18 year old, as a fucking 16 year old kid, you listen to the shit and go, yeah, like I don't get it. Yeah. But when you're at the age you're at now, like early to mid thirties, you listen to it and go, oh, like I'm their age when they recorded that and I kind of get where you were I'm coming from. I'm actually older than them when they well, recorded yeah, some of those. Well, yeah, that's the scary part. That's the scary part, That's when it gets it? wild. Like, yeah. Yeah. So you caught up with the... You, you, like, you I'm caught up with the Nick Cave. Totally, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I caught up with it earlier than I, I thought I did. Like, I, I started sort of liking him again in my mid-20s, but I do remember, you know, I, like, I know every word to those old records and stuff and, yeah. like, even birthday... Like, my dad saw the birthday party. So was it more a birthday party or solo case? No, it was, like... Ba- and the Bad Seeds. I okay. think it was their era yep. of the stuff that mum and dad both liked. Yep. But da- dad saw the, the birthday party play and... Yeah. You know, like, Tracy Pugh as a bass player. I play bass now as yep. well as the guitar. Tracy Pugh is, like, a huge influence in terms of attitude and yeah. the way he carried himself. For the birthday party era of, you know, his era is, like, quite a good era of cave stuff. See? Yeah. That's unreal. Anything else that stood out? Um, or is it a Nick Cave song we're going to pick? We're going to pick... I'll show you a Nick Cave song. And cool. uh, from that same era... Um, I'm actually going to go and see Texton and Charlie in the venue that we're sitting in right now. I saw the posters for that, yeah. The first record, um, of, I, I vividly remember every song on that first Texton and Charlie album yeah. as being like played throughout the house my whole childhood. Okay. And it's funny because my cousin actually married Don Walker's daughter. There you go. Like we spent Christmas with him. And They're stuff. still married? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sick. And he's a legend. He's he wears hearing aids, but he's you know, yeah. still playing. He's got a band called the Suave Fucks. Good. Don Walker and the Suave it's, Fucks. It's it'd be good to get to a point where it just goes. He just go. It doesn't matter. I can call I my can band do this. whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and people will just roll with it. Yeah, yeah that's unreal. Um, the song I chose, the Bad Seeds song I chose, is actually off the. It's a B sides and rarities track okay. on. Um, if you're trying to find it on Spotify, but it's actually from the. Until the End of the World soundtrack, which is like a Vim Vendors movie, a really good film. Okay. Um, but that song in particular, because that, that soundtrack's actually pretty fucking badass. It's okay. Lou Reed and I think Julie Cruz, the woman who made the Twin Peaks yep. theme song. Yep, and yep, yep. All that kind of stuff. It's a good soundtrack, but that particular Bad Seeds track is very cool. It's like a country and western spoken word thing nearly. Yeah, okay. It's pretty cool. Let's do it. Yep. What's it called? Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds? Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, I'll Love You Till the End of the World. Let's do it. Which is ironic because my parents got divorced not long after. <laughs> but the world ended like in end of 2012, didn't Eight it? So kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, we're in the aftermath. We now. are. We're in the Matrix now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. It was a miracle I even got out along with alive. This town full of men with big mouths and no guts. I mean, if you can just picture it, the whole third floor of the hotel gutted by the blast, and the street below showered in shards of broken glass. 
and all the drunks pouring out of the dance halls, staring up at the smoke and the flames, and the blind pencil seller waving his stick, shouting for his dog that lay dead on the side of the road. And me, if you can believe this, at the wheel of the car, closing my eyes and actually praying, not to God above, but to you, Sam. Till the end of the world With your eyes black as coal And your long, long, long Some things we plan We sit and we invent And we plot and cook up Others are works of inspiration Of poetry and it was this genius hand that pushed me up the hotel stairs to say my last goodbye to her hair white as snow and her pale blue eyes saying, I gotta go, I gotta go. The bomb in the bread basket are ready to blow. In this town of men with big mouths and no guts, the pencil seller's dark spooked by the explosion, leaping under my wheels. I careered out of Longwood on my way to you, waiting in your dress, in your dress of blue. I said, thank you, girl. Thank you, girl. I love you till the end of the world. With your eyes black as With the horses prancing through the fields With my knife in my jeans and the rain on the shield I sang a song for the glory of the beauty of you Waiting for me in your dress of blue So that was uh, that was different. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was. You, you described it aptly. You described it how it should be described. Yeah. Um, we're just talking as we'll listen to it. It's is it early Nick Cave or like it's early Bad Seed? Sorry, it's early. But I mean, they, they go so far back. So yeah. it's like I mean, even in the in the nineties, you consider that early stuff because he's still going now. Yes. Yeah. So it's okay. It's a huge career. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's like I think it's nineteen, early ninety one maybe or something. Yeah, 
So that would put me in year one. Hectic. Yeah. Hectic. So you said it's yeah, it's from a soundtrack. Yeah. But you also said it's got nothing to do with the movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive that the story that he's telling throughout that has yeah. nothing to do with the film. Does it f- appear in the film? The song's in the film, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. That's a great, like I said, it's a great soundtrack. Yeah, heaps of good stuff on it. There you go. Mm. Um, anything else you could have kind of tagged was, in there that you'd... I was tossing up between that and I do remember, yeah, like, like I was saying, from the text on a Charlie album, there's a song called I Won't Do To You What I'd Done To Her. Oh, God damn. Which is, you know, some cold-blooded text. But it's heavy. Kind of, yeah, it's good. Yeah. That was yeah. the other one that I nearly put on. I always Both conf- Australian artists, which is good. I always kind of confuse the two. I, I feel like they, they could be brothers or like... I reckon on any given day, Tex Perkins is probably a better singer than Nick Cave. Yeah, yeah. He's a fucking unbelievable singer, Tex yeah. Perkins, whatever. Yeah, good. Mm. Sick. So what comes next? Like you, that's around the house and you're already well averse with music. You know what's, what's going on. Um, when did you kind of, what did you kind of hear that you thought? I guess what comes next is like when I got my first CD player that I could have in my room. Sick. Yep. Okay. Not so the like, communal one. Yeah. Before yeah. that, dad had a pretty sweet hi-fi system that lived under the stairs and it was all vinyl. Yep. There was no, there might've been an early CD player there, but we didn't have many CDs. Yeah. Yeah. And then for Christmas, I got a little boom box with a CD player on the top. Yep. And <clears throat> I want to say that I got, I mean, it's such a weird record to give a, like a, a 10 year old or whatever, but it was like, tr- uh, I ne- I was going, I was going to, what I was going to put on was a Tracy Chapman song. Okay. Because I had that CD and I still to this day know every single yeah. word to it. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I just remember one summer, like over Christmas, just listening to that. That's what it was. Yeah. It's just, that's all I had. It was the only CD I had. Yep. Um, How'd you come across that? That's what I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it was th- maybe it was there. Like dad, uh, mum or dad had it. Yep. And they just said, "Here, you have this one because yeah, maybe they didn't like it as much as the other ones that okay. they owned, and yeah, they knew yeah. I was probably going to scratch it up or yep. something." Yep. I don't know why I had it, but I just remember, you know, it's the it's the self titled one with she's, like she's her in the first cor- one. Yeah, yep. she's like just a portrait of a face, side, like side shot or something. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice album but and i was gonna put the acapella song on it okay um which is called behind the wall i think i was gonna but then a weird thing happened uh, the other song that i was that i am now picking yeah the other contender for the same era of music where i sort of first had my own reaction to music yep was um on the way up here today mook picked me up our drum picked me up from my recording studio and the, f- the first song that came on his stereo, which he'd put in, was a song off Porter's Head Dummy. Okay. And it's, I don't even know the name of the song. I'm going to have to look it up <laughs> before we it so good. But it, um, it's the, the reason why I really vividly know it is because it's in the movie Tank Girl. Okay. That film? Yeah, like I never saw it, but because it, it was just way too twisted for me. But I was obsessed. Yeah, like, she was m- probably my first ever girl crush. Like crush. Yeah, like, I can see that. She's yeah. like it was like Gwen Stefani before Gwen Stefani. Oh yeah, like in like a post-apocalyptic. Yeah, cartoon. Like she's comic book. Yeah. machine guns and bras yeah. and like badass women and killer and kangaroos like, and shit. Yeah, yeah. It, it's fucking incredible when you think about it. Yeah, and you know the same guy that. Um, is involved with the gorillas now is the guy that did all the illustrations for the original comic books oh wow okay yeah oh, that makes sense yeah okay i can see that um yeah and man i just there's a scene where she has because it's post-apocalyptic and it's like almost a search for water 
yep. in the same way that Waterworld or something yeah. you know, is, except they're not on salt water, they're in like deserts Desert, and stuff. Yeah, yep. um, she has a shower. It's like a shower scene. It's meant to be the sort of sexy scene yeah. of the film, which every film has. Yeah. But she has a shower. I think it's either sand or powder or something, but she like sort of pulls this chain and all this sand comes out and, this, and the yeah. Portishead song starts as that scene like as a slow-mo kind of scene thing Dude, it's it's amazing that's so good and i just remember going like yeah like shower hot girl <laughs> and like this song is really doing Who it cares for me whatever. Not water. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like that i just remember being really into that song and i i didn't actually have that on cd i had a I had a tape of porter's head dummy okay and it's i mean it's early trip-hop kind of music and yeah. it's totally not this sort of thing that at the time i was probably listening to like Green Day and yep. Ugly Kid Joe and fucking stupid yep. stuff like that. Whatever yep. was whatever was on the radio. So I remember I had Cypress Hill, but it was that that era of of me doesn't listen to Porter. It doesn't listen to trip hop or some cool record like yeah. Porter said Dummy. But that song, because of that movie, That's lands so on good. my list. And what was it called? Roads. Roads. Head Roads. Cool. And it's. Again, you could probably call it the ballad of so the you, album. So you got the tape because of the soundtrack or did you, like, how did that come about? Um, yeah, I think I even said, like, well, it, it would have been definitely on the jukebox at Dad's. Yep. Um, Sorry, the, the Portishead album or yeah. the soundtrack? Okay, yeah, yep. The Portishead album, not the soundtrack. I don't know. There's an... Oh, sorry. You had the Porter's Head tape. I had not the, the Porter's Head tape, not sorry, the soundtrack. Not the, not the Tank Girl tape. Yeah, 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 I had the Porter's Head tape. Um, I remember, though, that I could find three songs off the Tank Girl movie on Dad's jukebox. Okay, well. One was Björk, Army of Me. Yes, I did that song. There's Roads by Portishead, and there was another one, I want to say maybe an Iggy Pop song or something, which is funny because the next song is going to be an Iggy Pop song. See. Um, yeah. Oh, no, the song after that. Sorry. But yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and so I think maybe I've asked for the tape. Like, can I? Can someone buy me the tape? For yeah, sick. Because I just really dug that song. And I, I actually now I really love that album. Oh, it's yeah. It's the their early stuff is obviously it's really amazing. classic still. Yeah. yeah, and holds up. Yeah, like it definitely did. Well, we go. listened to it today, and I was like, man, I forgot how much I love this song. And it's weird that that, that was came like, on. Yeah, I was like, I'm definitely. It's a sign. It's going. It's got to be on there. Yeah, sure. sick. So Rascals. Ross, no, Rhodes, sorry. Rhodes. By Porter's Head. Said. It was dummy. Thank you. 
Was it was it ever was it ever like considered or was it like you got the car and went off? Oh, no, no, it, it was it was considered for sure. Like yeah. I wanted to tell you know I, I vividly remember loving that. I think that song must have come out in '94. Okay, which puts me in four. You know. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Or maybe '95 even. Yeah, but 
Like it's that's a weird thing for a kid in year five to be to get down to, with, yeah. You know, like on a on a disc on a Walkman because they're not playing it on right. Like they might be playing on Triple J, but what kid in I'm year four? Yeah, to Triple J. I'm finding stuff maybe on TV. Like Rage was definitely in full oh, effect dude. by then. Yeah, so like absolutely. I was always finding stuff on that. Um, yeah, and like recovery and yep. things like that. Yep. Um, yeah, it's. It's one of the, like... But yeah, it was, it was for sure always a contender, but the, I thought maybe the Tracy Chapman the one... The rage still happens, which is great. Yeah. Like, you know, it's still, it's not convenient and it's been superseded by the instantaneous of YouTube. YouTube, yeah. That's... It is what it is. That's the future. Oh, that's the now kind of thing. It mm. is what it is. But I think one of those things that doesn't get discussed, like everyone goes, oh, you know, it, like the kids, quote unquote, today have lost the, lost the excitement of walking into a record shop seeing a cool cover mm. or a band that they've never heard of on a label that they love, like hypothetically a fat band or an episode band or whatever the fuck genre you listen to. Oh, yeah. It's um, and just taking a punt. Like, and everyone kind of wails on about, oh, they've lost it. You know, that, that'll never happen again. But it's, I think it's the same thing with like just sitting down and watching Rage or watching Recovery. Yeah, sure. It's, and just going... Throw it at me, like yeah, show so me what you've got. Kind it's of thing. a little bit easier to take a punt nowadays, yeah, which is absolutely, which is totally fine. Like I do that yeah. on a daily basis. Like uh, yeah, you just you just do because it's there. Yeah. yeah, but I do. Yeah, I, I do love the. I mean, w- even on the way up here, we were sort of argu- not arguing, but sort of going, "Oh, who's going to put the, who's going to DJ? Who's going to DJ?" Yeah, on the on the iPod, and and Ricky just said, "Just chuck it on shuffle, and yep. something will happen." Yeah, and yeah. and that was quite refreshing because yeah. I, I rarely do that like no because i don't have an ipod i don't have an ipod if i buy vinyl or i have spotify when i'm in the car yeah 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 and i don't i i, I the scariest thing to me is putting spotify on shuffle because you're gonna inevitably land at fucking kendrick lamar or something not yeah. that i've got anything against that but it's like yeah you know it, all roads lead back to the most popular thing and you never get some random yeah that's exactly ever. right yeah, yeah. it's so. it, like they i guess they curate it to know that if yeah. you like, if you happen to listen to track X, everyone that listens to track X also listens to track Y. Yeah, so we'll just lead you to that. Sometimes it's insulting. Like if you see yeah. a band that you really like and then the associated artists to that band, yeah. and it's like, no, nah, man, I'm sorry. Black Sabbath does not sound like the fucking DMAs. Yeah. It just doesn't uh, like... The, one is, the, the weirdest associated thing with me, like, and it's not about me, but I'm just going to say it, is if you go to the Senate's and yeah. you go to associated acts... All isn't in the top ten. Like it might that's be in, there. Yeah. See, that's insane. It's it's not there. But all but is on Spotify, right? All are on Spotify. Yeah. It's just I don't know how they work it out. But yeah. I guess it's you know it's a all of the the like the yeah okay they did that too that's cool but let's just listen. Apparently, to Violent Soho sounds like every band in the world because yes. every associated act has them has in the Violent top Soho. Yeah. Prop stool. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, cool. So you're. What you're in year four, so what's that put you at? Like ten ish? Yeah. 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 I think I started high school at thirteen, like Yeah. Like a, So what, you're at Hunters Hill Primary, did you say? Hunters I was at in Leichhardt at like a little not a private school, but it was like a really small public school. Yep. Um the Red Wiggle, Murray Cook was my music teacher there. Wow. FYI. Still a cool dude. Uh, undoubtedly. Like this is pre Wiggles. It's cockroaches. Or like maybe at Oh, like the turning point. He was definitely in yeah. the cockroaches already, but like it, I remember someone like Stephanie, this girl that I went to primary school with, she said, I think I saw you on TV. Were you at 
is that you in the wiggles? Like I remember hearing that in class. Yeah, wow. Well. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is me. Jesus. Yeah, I know. So like, you know, now he's now it's a money fight at Murray's house. Dude, Scrooge McDuck style fucking <laughs> gold coin pool. Yeah. He actually came to a Wolf and Cub show in Perth. Okay. And he showed up, you know, like black jeans, black shirt, leather jacket, red converse. Good. <laughs> Good. He's just letting... If people look at him Don't going, fuck, that looks like Murray. And they look at his shoes and they go, it that's is. not coincidence. Yeah. That's not a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> that's sick. Um, so when you went to high school, whereabouts? I went to high school Still in Hunters Hill. Yep. And like actually a few sort of, there was a whole lot of success coming out of our high school in the arts. So okay. like Rose Byrne, oh, yeah, went yeah, to yeah. Our, she was in year 12 when I was in year six, but she was already sort of making a name for herself as an actress. Yep. Um, Burke Reed, who's like... Rose, a, sorry, Rose Byrne's um, in two, two hands. hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I recommended that movie to someone from the US just recently saying... She's such a babe. It's, one of, it's the best, best Australian movie of all time. She's actually, yeah, it, it'd be up there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Heath. Oh, dude. Yeah. I think it was very early for him as well. Yeah, Brian Brown. Brian Brown. Forget about it. Forget about it. And she's... I mean, look at her now. She is such a superstar and yeah. a comic genius, but that was more of a dramatic role, you know. Yeah. She was always she was on her way even then when we yep. were at high school. Burke Reed, who's a producer who I have worked with heaps, um, and he was also in that band Girling. Like they oh, were, really? Okay. They were, they were already... I think he might have even been doing the, like fucking Big Day Out when I was in yeah. year, year seven. Like the Sydney Big Day Out, just the, like not touring, but... No, I think they did the okay. tour. Like yeah, right. Was, I mean, this is going back. My dad worked at the Big Day Out as well and they, all yeah. the after parties for the Big Day Out used to be at the venue that I was talking about. Wow. Which is wild because, you know, yeah. you've seen Beastie Boys DJing yeah. with the Prodigy and like, yeah. you know, it was a wild, wild time. But yeah, Burke was... I think they were pretty... I think they were already doing quite well when he was in year 12. Yep. So yeah, there was heaps of music, heaps of art at yep. our high school. It was pretty cool. Was it a, was it an artistic high school or it no. just happened to be just a public? Okay, just a yep. Regular public high school. The only reason why I went there was it seems really far out of the way now that I know geography. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, why the hell did we go there? But my best friend, who I grew up with, I've known him for thirty three years. Okay. His mum was the history teacher there and vice principal. Okay. Yep. And and so he was going there. So I was like, well. I'm it's just where I'm going. going there. Yeah, yeah, see. And his dad actually won the Academy Award for uh, Mad Max, the Tom Hardy one, for art direction. Wow. Yeah. Just to drop another name. Yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> what we do on this podcast is drop names. Take, drop names, you know, cash break checks, yeah. uh, Cash and $4 checks. How and we do, uh, how we do. Um, <laughs> so, I guess where it was, like, you're the oldest of three. Yeah. So, you didn't, re- like, a lot of people coming up, like, got new music from their, like, new modern music from their bigger brothers and bigger brothers or bigger sisters totally how are you getting it if without a bigger brother figure there um like sheer desire like okay. i yep. just forged my like i i fell in love with punk rock yep. through skateboarding and and hanging out with like friends who were into surfing so the surfing world was crossing over yep. with the skating world and, yep. and the music was definitely that yeah sort of san diego yeah socal like, scene socal yeah. scene but and i i liked it to a point until the the skateboarding and the the aggressive sort of punk rock came through a bit more yeah and then once i found it it was 
all I could do. Like, it was all I could think about was just, like, going and finding more of it. And okay. it's got to be here locally. And yeah. By that point, I already, w- like, was dying to be in a band. Yep. When I was in year eight, we moved to Cairns for two years. Okay. Like, just randomly. My dad opened a, a bar up there. Like, yep. his mom down here was doing really well. And he sort of had a friend who was, like, come up and do so something. And for, you know, for those who don't know ge- geographically, that's, that's fucking, it's a world away. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, it's, it's in the tropics. Yeah. It's, like, it's literally. It's 2,000 Ks. North. North, yeah, more than that, yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah, right up the top, right at the top, yeah, and um, yeah, like that was a real. Uh, I'd already done one year of high school down here, yep. and then I had to basically start again up there with no friends, yeah, and like, you know, there was a lot of there's nothing to there's still probably nothing to do. I haven't been there for a long time, but there's yep. still nothing to do there for the the youth. So it was like a lot of learning how to play guitar up there because my parents didn't want me to be doing drugs or whatever so yeah, they bought yeah. me a guitar because it was cheaper than buying a fucking drum kit yeah absolutely and, and less quieter yeah, yeah yeah exactly so starting bands up there with like friends was like all like ramones band like yep. punk band style three chord stuff yep because there was nothing better to do yeah than like skate and play three chord play punk. yeah play guitar yeah um and so when i came back to sydney i'd sort of i was I had a thing like I was like okay I think I want to. How long were we up there for? Sorry, a year? we were there for two years. Okay, yep. we were just under two years. Yeah, but like I did everything up there that you could do as a teenager. Yeah, prior before my friends did. So like if you if you go to Queensland, you actually start high school sooner. So like yeah, I went okay. from year seven to year nine to year nine. Away. Yeah, and when I came back, I'd sort of outlived the friends that I had. Yep, like I was already wanting to hang out at, at bars and yeah. go and see live bands and my friends were still too afraid to smoke a cigarette yeah yeah, yeah. or yep. whatever do you know what i mean like that none of them had even had a beer yet yeah and i'd already taken acid and you know, done, <laughs> yeah. done all the stupid <laughs> yeah. shit that you do when you're when a you're teenager make, made every mistake you could make just the dumb choices yeah, yeah. and dumb so, fun choices yeah the, yeah the good stuff where you fuck up and then you learn to like yep do it properly. Do it properly. Yeah. So when I came back, it wasn't like I was like oh, I'm uh, I'm all high and mighty above you. It was like I don't even want to fucking know you guys. I'm, okay. I'm, I've got to go and find the people that are on my level. Yeah. So I was already hanging out with like a and lot. And it's of not a disrespect thing. It's just at like all. we're no, on different no, ways. No. Yeah. Like I'm you you don't have what I want. Yeah. So I'm going over here. Yeah. And so like I I didn't fall out with everyone at high school, but like I just had no friends for the last two years of high school because all my friends were in bands outside of yeah, high school, out of high school. Older. yeah and then when i joined taking size i was 18 just like sh- it was january i think like yeah. straight out of high school and they were all everyone else in the band was 28 yeah yeah you know what i mean so 18 28 there's yeah. a 10-year gap yep so a lot of things happen between 18 and 28 yeah, yeah they're the people things. that i'm now hanging out with i remember like going to the green square back when it was like the green square the was venue. the place to go yep. for hardcore gigs or whatever and like I was there f- drinking there from the age of 16. Yeah. And then I had my 18th birthday and I went there and everyone yep. was like, happy birthday, yeah, have yeah. a drink. And the bartender who was like a friend of ours because I'd been going there for two yeah. years. Was like, who oh, never carded you? No. Yeah. How old are you today? And I was like 18. He was like, you motherfucker. Yep. You've been coming here for two years illegally. Illegally. Yeah. And, you know, that's where I met a lot of the people that ended up being quite close to, a, you know, us as a band and taking sides or whatever. Yeah. And, um, yeah. That was a that was a fantastic venue. Like a, as was the Iron Duke down the road. Yeah, those times were really good. Yeah. I, I mean, I have the fondest fucking memories of that. Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah. Saw so many bands there, and like. Yeah. 
and it like at the time it seemed like whoa this is huge but looking back on it no, it's like it was, it was fucking teeny tiny yeah. it was very insulated and it yeah. felt like there wasn't many this of this is all we need yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah which is pretty cool so yeah that's unreal <laughs> so what song's gonna sum it up um i chose so this is like this is my teenage this is your teenage rebellion years yeah but your dad i'm not gonna cast aspersions to say he was rebellious but he obviously he wasn't the atypical dad in a suit no you know listening to I'm i got sure really i got really young parents like yeah my, my mum and dad are, are really young and very hip people and yeah they were always very cool with me. Yep. Like I wasn't some sort of latchkey kid that was running away and stuff. They were just like, okay, he, he seems to be doing what he wants to do and yep. he's not hurting anyone. So like, let's let him do it. Yeah. Let's let him Which do it. Which is very cool. Yep. Um, <coughs> but um, I chose Black Flag Depression. Okay. Um, heavy. Heavy. But only because, I mean, I lo- Black Flag is probably my favorite band of all time. Yep. And... Um, that song, I just remember that was, I think that was the first one I heard. Okay. And it was, um, I'd heard like of Black Flag and I'd yeah. seen like maybe Mike Valley, the skater or something, had a Black had Flag, Black Flag t-shirt. t-shirt on. Yeah, yeah. Someone had the tattoo. And Someone had the bars, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I've got the bars now. Same, yeah, um, yeah. And someone gave me a tape and was like, I, I think I was bumming out on, like my parents got divorced when I was 16. Yep. And it, that was like, here you go. Everyone, everyone else feels as shitty as you. Yeah, everyone, someone's been there it's and they totally documented awesome. it. Yeah. yeah, and that song is like hyper fucking aggressive and yeah. But it's not like everything is shit. Let's uh, let's wallow in it. Yeah, no, yeah. it's like well, yeah, everything's shit. But here we go. Like, yeah, let's do it together. Yeah, sick, dig it. Black flag depression. Check it out. <laughs>
So it was um was that on a black flag? Was it like a mixtape someone gave you, or was yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Was it my my cousin Lauren had good mixtapes? Is this the one that married? No, so it's her brother that married. Dawn oh, Walker's okay. Daughter. Sorry, daughter. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, her brother married Don Walker's daughter, but Lauren, she was sort of the wild child of that end of the family. Yep. She was the oldest one. Yep. You know, she was getting in trouble and getting expelled from school, doing drugs, and yep. she had like really, she was, and they're all really cool people. I'm still really close with those with that end of the family. Yeah. Um, but she always had cool mixtapes, punk rock tapes, and stuff. See, propaganda. She was like, I think she was friends with the guys in probably propaganda for a while yeah okay like she knew them quite well and she like went to america okay she used to date the the old drummer from friends rom she nah. knows ben from badanga like she grew up ben with brady them. yeah she grew up with them. i think Obviously. she even used to date ben brady there you go yeah um yeah she used to date uh nat yeah the old drummer for friends rom in quad box yeah yeah he was in quad box as well so she was kind of like the cool cousin and yeah. she used to give me tapes all the time see yeah so what else was on the tape do you remember um, oh, I would have been that era, like prop, there was probably propaganda and maybe satanic surfers. Oh, dude! Oh. It was like this melodic sort of punk rock. Yeah, and but but it had all this like the early, like where they came from, yeah. sort of stuff. So there was yep. Black Flag, there was Minor Threat, yep. Bad Brains. So yep. the, I had all that, and I was already kind of into that. But Black Flag was the one where I was like, okay, I'm gonna go out and buy their record. Yeah, and I, yeah. Where do I start? Yeah, yeah. 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 And so I'm, this is, six, you know, between 16 and 18 years old. Yep. Prior to taking sides, still in Dime a Dozen. Yep. Um, still in high school. Because I think we met, no, we, I'm trying, I try to w- remember when we met whoever I speak to. And I'm sure we met previous, but the I one d- time. I know re- where I remember meeting you, but you might have a different one. Well, I remember the first time we actually sat down and had a chat was at Fingers and Jay Bluter's. Backyard. backyard party, yeah, yeah, and you were in both bands. Taking sides played that show, right? No, I don't think. Oh, if it was a show, I didn't go to it. I was probably working or something, and I just turned up after it. It was like I was got I in a priest outfit. Yeah, it was when they had the pig head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was that. It, w- it must have been a Halloween show. It was a Halloween show, yeah. I'm yeah, and they had the and fingers were a pig's head. Yeah, yeah, like an actual. Yeah. So um, <laughs> but I remember. Ha- yeah, I remember talking to you. And you're like, oh, I'm doing Diamond Dozen, but this Taking Sides thing is going really well. Yeah, like, right. uh, Yeah, getting steamed. Maybe I was playing, because I was also in the band, the, the Panic Attacks with Troy Hay. Troy Hay. that's the band that played at their party. That would make more sense. Yeah. That would make way more sense. Shogun, yeah. Shogun from Royal Headache was playing guitar. Yeah. I was playing guitar. And Troy was Troy was singing, Miko was playing drums. Yeah, yeah. Panic Attacks, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It would have been that. Mm. Yeah. But was that what you remember? I, I remember meeting you at, um, the whatever that venue is that's on Enmore Road that used to, it's like the old RSL down the road from the Enmore Newtown RSL yeah exactly yeah, yeah on is, the corner Newtown. yeah on the corner yeah yep. and it wasn't less than Jake but I think you might have had a less than Jake jumper on it wouldn't it might have been like me. a one dollar short body jar show maybe or maybe something. no fun at all no it wasn't an international no. okay it was, a, it was a local show I know one dollar short were playing yeah yep and yeah, you were there. I definitely would have. I definitely repped less than Jake Hoodies. Yeah. Yeah. See. I think I met you there with Nat Perry. Yeah. Be- okay. Before. Shout out to Nat Perry. Shout out to Nat Perry. Well, after, after that era, like Taking Sides era and Hardcore yep. era, I, but you know, obviously I joined the Scare and we moved to England. So, so yeah, yeah, let's, let's put a date on it then, I guess. 
Taken Swords was 2003? Five. Five. Well, yeah, till 2005. I met, yeah. I met my wife now in 2005 at a Taken Sides show. Okay. And, um, and we, and like less than six months later, I was living in England and she was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Well, it was 2006. She went over with you? She, she came She came over. We were already there for a yep. long time, but we had sort of a long-distance relationship for pretty much the first three years of our relationship. Yep. We have 12 years now. Unreal. Which is wild. 12 years yeah. in September. Um, but we... Yeah, she came over, like, sort of... I'd already been in England with the scare for a long time. Yep. And then she came over and stayed for a, a little... Maybe a year. Okay. I want to say a year. And... Um, yeah. Wild times. You're scared. Wild times. Mm. Yeah. But uh, it was sort of, I mean, we I'd, we did everything that we, that I could have, that I would have been happy doing yeah. with Taking Sides other than touring internationally. But this was before a time when many bands were going overseas, like at all. Oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was before Facebook, before YouTube. I remember being yeah. in England and YouTube becoming a thing. A thing, yeah. Um, before... Uh, smartphones with maps and things to yeah. do when you're waiting for sound check to finish and blah 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 yep so like it was a weird time to think back on it was like a it was like the the ice age of music yeah or something like it's like the dark ages of music the dark ages yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it was like it was just it was or dark right. ages of touring almost like yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really weird yeah and I I have uh, not the, the, the memories I have are very hazy because it was a pretty wild time uh, yep, for me understandably yep but the memories I have are fucking really good. Like yeah. I got to, I got to be, you know, from the age of twenty one to twenty five in a band like that, which was like a band that never got super famous, which I'm quite thankful for. Yeah, and never, but we had a cracker of a time and did hit all the goals that you'd want to hit. Yeah, that you'd want to hit as, yeah. that, as a person of that age. Yeah, playing music or whatever, and you know, got European festivals and all that kind of stuff, but yep. also like just living hand to mouth <laughs> like sleeping in the van you yeah know, never never on a bus or nothing no. cramped yeah. in the van with yeah. your gear so yeah. tell us some european story european festival stories well okay we we got somehow we got put on this heavy metal you know download yes. festival it's like the metal festival the metal festival a band pulled out last minute and we got sort of bumped in for them because we had the same pr team okay and it was just not suited for us. It's like full metal stage. Yeah. It was the same stage as like Necro and like I think Terror play. It was like a real hardcore, like okay. you know, like me- metalcore kind of stage. Yep. And then, and we weren't even on first. We were like Fuck. fifth. You know, it was like four in the afternoon just and shoot in the a middle. A bunch of band, like this band that wants to be the Stooges comes on and like just yeah, completely drugged out of our minds. And everyone's like, I mean, we cleared cleared the venue it was yeah. amazing <laughs> but backstage i saw i mean <coughs> i don't like to drop names or whatever but kerry king from slayer yeah was walking towards me and i was like you know 21 yeah emaciated drug addict vegan yeah just like skinny little you know you know that look from back oh then. dude yeah yeah and white he belt. Walked, yeah white belt he walked straight <laughs> past me and like hit me in the chest so that so hard that i moved and hit the wall yeah and he just went, out of my way, pussy. Good. <laughs> hey, take it. Like, you know, just... Oh, dude, I was <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah. That is the... That's the best Gary King story you could it's, have. It's... You, you can't... Yeah. Out you of my can't way, really pussy. Top that. 
Um, do you remember Jake Blood? Yes. Of course you do. Very much so. Yes. He was on tour with us um, doing merch. Okay. He came over for like two years. It was so wild and so fun. And Jake got a scare tattoo because it was like free tattoos backstage. It was like one of those kind of festivals you could go and get your hair done and get a massage and get a free oh, okay. tattoo. So it was like, a, but it was a proper thing, not like a... Yeah, not a, not a stick dude. and poke thing. Yeah, it was yeah. like, you know, like guys full chairs and chairs set up yep. with like people getting black flag bars and stuff. And he, and I think the Bronx were there. We were hanging out with the Bronx a lot back then. And like Jake got a scare tattoo and came up and showed me on his arm like right before we went on stage. I was like, that's, that's hot. That's hilarious. But he threw a, a, a sauce packet. We were eating in the artist catering. Yep. And he had like a sauce packet. And he was like eating a meat pie. And he threw the sauce packet at me. And I ducked. And it hit Dave Mustaine in the back of the head. Good. It just would have blended in with all yeah. that red. Red <laughs> he, on red. He didn't even <laughs> notice. I don't know. We were both just like, yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, let's bow. Let's, yeah. let's get moving. <laughs> um, so you said before you're going to pick an Iggy Pop song. That's this one. So yep. the um, the there's a, when I was 21, yep. Um, I, I just did you ever it. sorry? Did you ever play with him when you were over there? No, I sent him a letter though, and he sent okay. me one back, and I've still got it. That's pretty rad. But it was just like, hey man, like we're struggling over here. If you ever need a support band, we're always yeah. here. But fuck, it was never gonna happen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, a friend of ours knew his like publicist. His or team. He's like yeah, yeah. I, was, I, w- I can get him a letter if you want to write it. Like, okay. So I did, and then he wrote one back, and was like, just hold on. <laughs> Good. <laughs> hey, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I I love the song. Um. 1969 by the Stooges, Iggy and the Stooges, yep. and it was because um, he. The, there's a lyric: is "Last year I was 21. I didn't have a lot of fun. Now I'm going to be 22. I say, oh my, and a boohoo. <laughs> That's great. And um, and I was. I remember on my 22nd birthday, yeah. I was with my wife Amy, the singer for the Scare, like a bunch of people, and we were like just charging through London, having yep. like, you know, bar crawling and having a great time. And I was like, I just want to go somewhere where I can hear that song. Yeah. Like that's going to be, and, I, and every jukebox we went to, like we couldn't find no it. One it, was had just, it. No one had the yeah. Stooges anywhere. And as we were getting home, we were walking from the bus stop past a house party and it was fucking playing no coming out of the house. And we just ran into the house and like was, we were dancing and no one knew who we were. Like the front door was open. We just charged in and danced to that song. Like, Stole a couple of beers, and, like sang along. Everyone was like, sort of dancing with this guy, like, <laughs> "Who the fuck are you?" Fuck. And then we were like, "Yeah, cheers, we're out of it," and we just left. And I was like, "That like moment yeah. for that song it was unbelievable." Somewhere out there, there's some UK dudes just going, just "We had this fucking song," and these dudes just turned up. These, these fucking crazy Aussie dudes just turned these up. Wacky guys dressed like girls came yeah. in, and <laughs> danced and then took their beers I mean, and then uh, fucking bounced. I don't even know if we might have even got. He might have got like a, a like a. A UDL or something like it wasn't even a cool beer. Oh, yeah, so like a sweet <laughs> premix drink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Okay, yeah, yeah. take what you can get, whatever's free. I'll yeah. take anything. Cool, yeah, let's listen to it. 1969 by Iggy Pop and the Suges. Rad. <laughs> For me and you, another year with nothing to do. 
So the scare finished in 2000 and... I can't even really remember. It must be 2009. Okay. Like, like it was... I was only in the band for a hot minute. Like, it was, like I've been out of the band now longer than I was in the Sorry, band. Sorry, yeah. And because you joined halfway through there. Yeah, so well, they, were, they were a band for about two years before yeah. I joined, but it really picked up as soon as we started. And like as soon as I joined, that's like six and months later, we were in England. Yeah. And we were, we were a band longer in England than we were in Australia. Yeah, okay, yep. And I've now been out of that band longer than I was ever in the band. So it's been, it's yeah. been a while. So what? It, so let's talk about, I guess, what you've done. Just rattle it all off. I mean, you've done a whole bunch of cool shit. And I... <coughs> some cool shit. There's some very embarrassing stuff too. Just, it was dude, just hilarious. Lay it on me. <laughs> I played... Um, so I, straight away, I joined Wolf and Cub. Yep. 
Um, and I, I originally just joined as I was going to produce it and be a co-writer, but I wasn't actually going to join the band. I just got yep. along well with the singer, and yep. now he's you know he's since become one of my best friends. Yep. Um, so then I sort of just fell into that band um, after the scare, and while I was in, at the end of the scare, I was also playing in a band called Hunter Diana, which is like a a brother and sister were were sort of musicians and they needed a backing band and I okay. really liked them and their uncle was Mick Harvey from Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds yep. so I got to work with him and make records make like work on their records and we played the Nick Cave curated that festival the Altamaro's Parties Festival yes down Tassie uh, there was one in Mount Buller I want to say in, okay. in Victoria and yep. that went for like two days and then he did two days in a row at Cockatoo Island oh sorry that's one thing yep. yeah yep. yeah yeah yep so I played that, which was like a total cool experience. Yep. Um, and got to hang out with all those guys and meet heroes and whatever. Yeah. I don't get starstruck very often, but I met Martin P. Casey, the bass player for the Bad Seeds, and he's the most dangerous motherfucker I've ever met very in my cool. life. Yeah. Um, so I was like totally starstruck by him. And then since then, I, I played bass for Delta Goodrum on an on a album. Did you really? <laughs> oh, just on the album. Okay. Just on an yeah. album. Um, secretly. I mean, I've, my, I'm credited on the record, but... I. It was just because she was doing it at the studio that I was interning at. Okay, which and was it was called Big Jesus Burger. Oh yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah. Which really is famous just a studio, classic studio. Yeah. It, it was. It's since closed down, which was a real shame. But yeah, I, I learned everything I know now from those guys. And yeah, um, yeah. So she was just there and doing a record, and and I was the assistant engineer. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, you play bass? Why don't you just?" And it was the dumbest kind of music ever. Like, I, yes. it literally oh. took me three hours, I think, to play nearly every song on the record and I got paid 300 bucks per oh, track. you recorded the whole album? Yeah. Jesus. On the bass. But it was like, we don't want you to do anything fancy, we just want you to follow the chords in time Yeah. and and go. Yeah. You know, like there's no bass run there and it's just like holding down the low end. Yeah. And I got What paid. album was it? Do you know? I can't even remember. There was a, I know there was a duet with her and Brian McFadden on Oh, because they were dating. Because they were married at the married. time. Married, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so played and I... Played bass I didn't on know that. I didn't know that. That's fucking great. Ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's not something I tell everybody. Yeah. Because well, it's ridiculous. But six people are going to listen to this, so that's all. I, that's all I kind of aim for. So good. Good. And then Mookie's in the room. Mookie's so that's already in the room. Seven. So seven. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then since then, I've done. You know, a few, we're work. Wolf and Cub is my is my band. I play bass for a guy called Steve Smythe as well. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much like if I'm not at the recording studio, it's playing live. Playing live with somebody, and I'm glad we're doing this again. I get back on the guitar. Yep. Um, which is hilarious. Yeah. I've got no business being on a guitar anymore, I don't think. Neither do I, but somehow we still fake it. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. I don't know how you do it. Like, I, yeah. It yeah. seems, it's like a toy. It seems so yes. little and like. I have a big problem with um, when I play bass. You can, you might not be able to hear, hear it, but you can feel it. Yeah, that's when very you true. When you've got earplugs in or whatever, you can still feel it. Big time. So when I'm playing guitar, I'm like, I, I can't hear it and yeah. I can't feel it and I don't know what's going on. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And But it's probably for the better because I'd, I'd, look at my, I'd listen to my guitar and go, fuck, that's horrible. I, I have real trouble getting, like I can pull a bass tone out of thin yeah. air with yep. any amp, with any, any setup. Yep. But I have real trouble getting like a, the guitar tone that, I've, that I want. Yeah, um, that you're happy with. Yeah. Yeah. It's constantly fiddling and... Yep. Drives me crazy. Tweaking, that yeah. And like just then, I just restrung both my guitars for tonight. I was like, fuck it, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. I remember why I hate it. Yeah. Like, why it was an overrated experience. <laughs> yeah. So you've done some pretty cool things with Steve Smythe. You played, what was the thing you played double bass at recently? 
Um, yeah, can't. well, that was crazy because he, he just threw that upon us really quick. He, he, yep. came, he lives in Spain, so he doesn't... I don't play for him full time. Okay. When, he, when he comes home to Australia, me and Brock, who I've been playing with now for like 12 years, like Brock was in The Scare yep. and he's also in Wolf and Cub and he's also in Steve Smythe. Oh, okay, and, we, yeah. and we have a band together that is like slowly growing as like a... It sounds like um, the prodigy meets like... Uh, like the Stooges or something. Sick. It's like this just gnarly party rock stuff. Yeah. It's called Ginger Brown and the Big Sexy. Good. Um, powerful name. <laughs> <laughs> powerful I think we started the band just because we wanted to use yeah, the name. That which name. is how yeah. so many good We've bands We've got the start. name, now we need to form the band around yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so Brocky and I, um, he plays with Steve Smith as well. So when Stevie comes home, we're his backing band. Yep. And... Um, and he just threw that upon us like a week out. He was like, hey, can you learn the double bass? And can you write all these horn parts, like charts for horns? And can you like be the musical curator of this? Uh, you have a week to learn it. And I didn't even own a double bass. I had to borrow one from yeah. my friend. And But we, we worked it out and it was like a full tour. Yeah. Double bass is fun, but they're also a motherfucker to play. It's, I've, fall, I've fallen in love with it pretty hard, but yeah. it's uh, not, I, I'm not going to fucking start a band and say yeah. I'm the double bass and player love one of, of this those fucking around. band yeah. yeah I used to when I do Punk Rock Hillbilly I play double bass in it yeah I know that yeah. and my double bass playing experience was if the set went for like when I first started doing it if the set went for half an hour then I'd do half an hour of practice because I'd just go through <laughs> the songs and go that's enough that'll do yeah, but yeah. The, the downfall to that plan it was a great plan until you realise that you do half an hour of practice and then your fingers blister up and then you go play and then you gotta play and your fingers and your blisters burst and the and hard thing sucks. as well about this, the Smith tour was that I was playing a mixture of double bass and electric bass and you like you get used to how far away yeah, the, space the, the, the notes are yep. on a double bass and like and then you stretch in too far all of a sudden you're at the 12th fret and you don't know how you got there on yeah. an electric bass and, yep. and a funny story at the studio I used to early on in my early days of like being an assistant engineer they used to just throw me all the crap records that came through the door that no one wanted to do yeah and i would end up doing conservatorium jazz records all the time okay and one time a guy came in and he was doing the same he was switching between electric bass and upright bass yep and i made the mistake of calling the double bass i, I uh, sorry the electric bass i said hey man on this song are you playing the real bass or the oh and he was <laughs> like fucking what <laughs> this <laughs> is the real bass my friend he picked yeah. up the upright i was like come on and Dude. I was like, oh, okay, all right, whatever. Come on, you know what I mean. <laughs> Chill, brother. Yeah. Chill. Um, that's that's a fucking that's that's insane. So, where are you now musically? Like, you've, I, I was sure you're gonna pick a pop, like a, not a pop punk song, but like an epi fat song. Uh, and I'm kind of glad you didn't because it's too obvious. Yeah. So. I'm, oh, there was a million. Of, yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm surprised that I didn't chuck in some sort of American Nightmare song or yes. you know, Panic or something. But yeah, I, again, that stuff that. Everyone knows that. Yeah, that's, it goes without saying. If yeah. you know you, it goes without saying. Yeah. Um, so where are you now musically? Like the, the song I've picked, I, I chose, I was, I, I tossed and turned over this one because it's a very broad, like the last song that yeah. you've asked for is like yep. a very broad subject. But the one that I've chosen was, there's a record that came out this year, girl singer called Feist. Okay. Um, and there's a song on it called A Man Is Not His Song. And it's like a ballady kind of record. It's like, you know, it's very, it's acoustic effectively, but um, she's, I, I, I've got mad love for her because she did a record with Mastodon. Like, wow. it's funny because at the end, you'll hear at the end of this song, 
it, it fades out and then a Mastodon song recorded by Kurt Ballou comes in and like rips in through her record randomly. Okay. Like it's the weirdest way ever to finish a song. Yeah. But everyone should hear it. Yeah, let's do it. That's it. So that's unreal. Why thanks for having me, brother. Thanks for fucking doing it. That's <laughs> sick. Let's um we're gonna go play some rock and roll now. Let's do it. Cool. Love you. See work. you there. See ya. The man is not his own. The song is a promise. If a man is just his song. And the song is beyond us How oh, they, they make it up Innocent in defilation Eventually, it can let you down
So that's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, one quick last shout out as always. Um, shout out to Nicole who will probably never listen to this, but just to let her know, I still really appreciate her giving me a few moments every month to put this to get this happening and to put it up and put it out. Um, so I hope you guys dig it because, uh, as I've said many times, it's kind of it's harder than you'd think. I'd say. Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe I'm just really bad at it. Regardless, uh, thanks for listening. Hope you have a great month ahead. Um, wherever you are, hope it's all cool. Um, yeah, be fucking excellent to each other. And listen to the old episodes. Uh, listen to the Oblivious Maximus podcast. He's kicking... Aaron's kicking fucking goals. Um, he's joined a network, which is pretty rad. Um, and doing heaps of rad interviews as well. Uh, listen to the High Fives podcast if you don't already. Um, yeah, just fucking be cool. Take it easy. Cheers. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that you love me, baby. Everybody knows that you really do. Everybody knows that you've been faithful. Everybody knows you've been discreet, but there were so many people you just had to meet without your clothes. And everybody knows, everybody knows, everybody knows, that's how it
Calvary uh, to the beach of Malibu. Everybody knows it's coming upon. Take one last look at this sacred heart before it blows. And everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows.